Hey everybody, Ryan Bassam here with my buddy Kyam Lloyd. We've got another Road to 100 podcast for you presented by Mallard Bay, your best guide in outfitter solutions, Benelli Firearms, the best shotguns on the market, Lacrosse Boots, keep those feet warm, RW Coolidge for the best nostalgic leather and canvas goods for the waterfowler, First Light, their new waterfowl line has been keeping us warm and dry on our hunts around the world, Apex Ammunitions from steel to tungsten, best ammo for the job, Sound Gear, Protect your hearing and enjoy the hunt. Montana Knife Company, you got to eat those birds, guys. And finally, Safari Club International, our favorite conservation organization, protecting hunters' rights around the world. And in this podcast, we're going to be taking a deep dive on what it's like to hunt Sweden and the dangers of radar-controlled roads there and the tickets that we may or may not have gotten with our guest, Kevin Goodrum. And Kevin is the owner of RW Coolidge, if you didn't know. So we're going to explore the beginnings of that company and how his love for waterfowl has created a brand that focuses on the heritage and nostalgia of our sport. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Road to 100 podcast. In the heart of every waterfowl hunter, there's a memory where it all began. For us, the waterfowl life started in the southern United States in the flooded timbers and expansive marshland. But as our journey unfolded, the quest for waterfowl led us beyond our home. The passion eventually takes us to different flyways, different countries, and beyond. We discovered that the culture of waterfowl transcends borders. And so, a daring dream took root. A dream to hunt 100 different species of waterfowl across the globe. We wanted to share the story of adventure and encounters with fellow hunters, each sharing the same passion as us. The landscapes will change, the species will vary, but the passion remains the same. One dream, a long road, 100 species. This is the Road to 100. All right, welcome everybody. We are here in Sweden for one of our first international hunts in our series, The Road to 100. I'm Kyle Lloyd, and we've also got Ryan Bassam and Logan Moe. And we're also joined by the one and only da, 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 Kevin Goodrum. <laughs> that creeped me out a little bit. <laughs> who is who has been a great supporting character in our film here? A lot of comedic relief, um, a lot of wisdom coming from Kevin over here. He is the founder and owner of RW Coolidge, yep. um, and we've been putting some of his products to the test here, mm. filling up some straps with way more birds mm. than we probably should, but they've been handling it great. Absolutely, um, because we've been piling up birds here in Sweden and it's been completely awesome. Kevin, let's let you start us out. What was your favorite thing so far about being in Sweden? You, you know, I think uh, the gas stations. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be. It, coming from Memphis, controlled access to the gas stations, probably the coolest thing I've seen. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm joking. The, the hunts uh, for, for geese, phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, just, just absolutely phenomenal. I, I don't get to see Canada's that close to me in the States. <laughs> oh, my God. They, they were literally landing on my head. Right. That's pretty cool. Great. Pretty cool. What about you, Logan? Yeah, so the hunting over live mallards won, and then you just brought up a good point. The Canada's, I have never shot geese that high off the ground before. Yeah. I have never seen them come just in that high on off the, the deck. ground. Like, literally right how they should on the deck. Yeah. Um, and just everything came together yesterday morning for that. Um, you know, blind situation was a little iffy. So right. I definitely wanted to Sketch. beat the crap out of my, my layout blind, <laughs> Kevin. I'd, I'd show you the finger that's broken because of one, but I can't do it. <laughs> Time would have to be editing that one Too out. Too good. Well, you've said, like, a few things I should probably provide some clarity for. So, like, yes, yeah, so, guys, what we've learned in Sweden is they do not have access to the same quality of products that we enjoy in the United States, which is a given. Any, any international hunt we go on, the expectation is to – be able to practice a high level of, of patience just because again they don't have the gear that we do and so our, our layout blind situation was different than what we would normally deal with they were slightly homemade it seemed like but it was super cool um and then you know logan you just mentioned hunting over live birds and people listening to this or watching this are probably like heck? what on earth <laughs> yeah. and so to provide a little bit of clarity to that um 
so in in Europe, it, it has been fairly common practice for a long time. If you if you historically look at um, the hunting tactics of, of Europeans hunting wild game and, and wildfowl specifically with this to hunt over uh, wild or not wild, but um, over tethered or caged domesticated ducks. Um, it's legal. Um, it differs from country to country country based on how you can do that. Like here in Sweden, Samuel was explaining to us that you cannot have them in a cage or tethered like you can in some other places or used to be able to in other places. Um, but they do a lot of release birds. We weren't hunting release birds, but some of these release birds are clipped. And anyways, they were keeping this body of water open. They were alive. They were quacking. They weren't leaving. And they provide excellent uh, legal live decoys for us to be able to hunt, hunt over. And that was a very unique experience. We indeed. Didn't, we so. didn't have to call. No, no. <laughs> we did because it felt weird not to, but we right. didn't need to. It was really cool. The funniest part of that, Samuel is standing beside me, and he goes, I think Ryan is talking American to these birds, <laughs> I was, and they don't understand it. <laughs> I had way too thick of an American and accent. Samuel was call. just mouth calling, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like kind of working. I was yeah. like, I was like so is that funny. really what it takes? I yeah. was like, wow, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> but then but then the, the, the Judas birds, that's what Judas they call birds, them, right? yes, yeah. Yeah. They, they would call at the exact time that they were supposed to call. Like, right, you know, yeah. I see Ryan starting to put the put the uh, call up to his mouth, and four four mallards in the, in the hole like, start raising up and calling. It was, it was cool. Amazing. It was super cool. Yeah. yeah, lured their friends to their deaths. <laughs> Indeed, they did. <laughs> Indeed, they did. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Kyle? Oh, I think mainly kind of just seeing the passion for waterfowl in a different way mm -hmm. over here um seeing these guys and, and especially in a place where it's I, I won't say persecuted but a little bit more so than we are yeah. in the u.s um there's there's a lot of hate for the they, the john was talking about today one of the guys we were with hunting with today um was talking about how he was getting emails people were making email accounts just to send him right you know mm -hmm. hate mail and um which happens on social media a little bit which is funny because right. we see it a lot on our accounts from other countries commenting we do on. a lot of yes. europeans too yeah. mainly the uk yeah and um so it's just awesome to see that they're sticking to their heritage their roots and yeah. keeping that tradition going and just the you know the the past the same passion that we have the the right. willingness to get up early get out there set up decoys um throw out crappy blinds <laughs> i was super let down i want to i want to throw this in there samuel said that we were going to be hunting in swan blinds and in my head you I'm, had a big swan i'm seeing this those old school yeah. swan you know you pop out of an actual like swan replica it's like a massive, huge, a massive you're swan. Under, yeah. yeah well the, the the size of it you know you could fit in it and you pop out and it's an actual swan and we get there, and it's these death trap mechanisms. That <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I li sure. It was literally broke my finger. One of them came down. I know it. Big old knot right It was now. literally just a layout blind with snow cover on it. Yeah. 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 It was, it's yeah. just like yeah. little snow mounds. Yeah. yeah and it worked. It I mean, it, it worked. couldn't have worked yeah. any better. And we, we, had, we had that back down. wind coming in, so whenever you sat up, the back wing was yeah, throwing that lid. What, it wasn't so like some people that are just listening to this. It wasn't like the the doors that you would normally open up that are like parallel with your body. It was like it came down from a top over your head and down over to your waist. And so when you <laughs> threw open your blind doors, there was no doors. It was a door and you had to go straight back with it. And the freaking wind, because we're playing the wind right, like we should, yeah. caught it like a sail and slammed it right back down on top of you. Yeah. Horrible design. And Anyways. if you are listening and you want to see Logan get clapped by one several times, <laughs> <laughs> go to the YouTube. <laughs> so at one point, I switched with Kaim yesterday, and I was filming, and I don't think I got it in time, but I, don't, I couldn't tell if it was Logan or Kaim, but... You would turn around and start boxing. That was, that was me. Oh I was literally just so punching funny. it. Oh, so no, good. there was one time when I popped up and it came over my head perfectly to the point where it was like over my eyes while I was trying to shoot. <laughs> and it was just, it was so honestly good. like, I was like, oh, this is dangerous. Yeah, I so good. <laughs> I don't, be yeah. careful. I don't know. It was a good time. I think I said every wrong word that I ever was told not to say for the first 10 minutes of that thing. Yeah. There was some language that went on <laughs> yesterday amidst the success of the day, but there was yeah. some language. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have I, to edit that out. <laughs> I, uh, I think one of the things, and, and Ryan has been here, done that in a lot of countries, um, especially with waterfowl, but with big game too, we've been on some cool yeah. trips, but 
Um, one thing that Ryan keeps drilling to us um, is don't expect what you expect in the U.S. over here. Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the, the hardest things for me, and, and me and Kevin were definitely throwing a oh. f- royal <laughs> fit, okay? because it's we're so used to, if the birds are going to do it right, let them do it right. And it, it seems like, it almost seems like they're not even trying to decoy them in and, and spreads are smaller. It's a lot of pass shooting over here. A lot of pass shooting. That's very um, commonplace in Europe. Yeah. And uh, it just, too. it hurts me inside to, to have these birds coming in and then shoot them. Before like they're the, going to finish. They're going to finish. 40 and, yards and they're two feet off the ground. You know yeah, they're coming. They're, yeah. There's no other option for them at that point. But it's but it's just interesting to see that the setup's not even designed really. They're, they're designed to get them in our hole to mm-hmm. get us shots at them. But they're not huge spreads that are gonna make birds lay down on right. them. Um, so it's just been interesting to see that and how it's not even like a, 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 it's not as hard to get a solid day here either. Just because, right. but if they were to let them decoy, oh my gosh, oh, the, I, the birds I, we could have. I gotta tell you, just that just that one group of Canada's oh. that came in. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Canada, yeah. I mean, we're talking. Hundreds, right? Oh yeah, coming in, <laughs> yeah, covering the sky. Phenomenal. It was so Phenomenal. cool. Yeah, and and so here cool. I am sitting with an over under two shots. <laughs> That's <laughs> while, another thing. While, while Mr. Bat, while, yeah, while Mr. Ryan's got five five shells, shells in his back. <laughs> 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 oh, oh they're, they're too I should probably ex- explain some of that. So so in Sweden specifically, and, and this is not uncommon to other places around the world. Um, the the legalities is very different. So we can shoot lead here. Yep. There is no legal shooting time. You can hunt over live birds as long as they're not caged or tethered. Um, what am I miss? Oh, it, you can bait here. There's no limits on any species. And I mean, it opens up a totally different world of opportunity. But the cons to, to the hunting here is they, they're limited on resources. Um, I don't know that they have the, the opportunity to hunt as maybe as much as we would in the U.S. So um, their game's just a little bit different. They play it different, but it's still a heck of a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And so, but those are some key elements to, to the experience. Like all these things that we feel like, oh gosh, like we got to be legal. We got to do these things. They, they have to be legal too. But man, mm-hmm. they can do some things way different that we can't do at home. Explain the gun, the gun uh, allocation process. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. So here, um, and this is a lot of Europe. Uh, it, it's obviously difficult to obtain um, a firearm permit and be able to even own one. Um, so here, what we've done is we're, we're borrowing guns um, from a lot of the outfitters' friends and and um, other associates, and they. They had to purse the outfitter has to have the paperwork for that firearm, and then we did as well. And so we were all legal and okay there, but it's not just super easy to go and get a firearm here. And so we were having to borrow a lot of guns, um, and we were just kind of like, we're going to use whatever's here. And that's so common to most places you go. If you can't legally get your gun in or don't want to go through the hassle of it, you're going to use what you're going to use. We were talking like 60 to 90 days to even think about it. Yeah. Putting that in, it just yeah. I wanted to to mention something about the gun that I used the whole time, which was a, <laughs> a side by side crack barrel double trigger. Never shot that type of gun in my entire yeah. life. And the guy who the guy's name that oh, was shoot, with us, uh, right? John. 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 Yeah, it was yeah. his gun from when he was passed down from 11 years old. That's, and that's I was shooting awesome. his gun. And I'm yeah. just standing there holding, it and he's talking. He's like, "How do you like the gun? Like, how do you like to shoot?" He's like, "It shoots far, huh?" Yeah. And I'm like. Yeah, and he's like telling me this, and I'm like, "Wow, I it's really cool. just use this gun that's been passed down for basically yeah. generations." That's, that's really awesome. cool. Scandinavian yeah. well, cultural gold, right there. They're they're at a point. Samuel told me that I was using his girlfriend's gun, and that was like the end. Talk about comedic gold. Somebody <laughs> said you shoot like a girl, and, and I was like, "Well, it's the gun. <laughs> it's just the gun. It's not me." That is awesome. So good. Um, well, one thing we haven't talked about. I mean, the whole idea behind this concept of the road to 100 is is the species that we're able to obtain along the way outside of you know the fun stories and the great people that we get to interact with um is the species and so what was everybody's favorite species on this hunt mine was the barnacle goose first and then the gray lag because barnacle geese reminded me so much of lesser geese 
and I don't get to hunt in Louisiana lesser geese right. pretty much any time. So it's very much big spins. They fly the same way. They look the same right. when they fly. And then the gray legs remind me a lot of speckle bellies, which is you know yeah. close, near and dear to my heart. Of course, being a Louisiana <laughs> boy. Um, and you know they've got bar bellies. Just you know they're very tiny. It's just different. Yeah, <laughs> they're bigger body too. Yep, yeah. way bigger. Absolutely, Kevin. What, the, what about you, man? The bean goose. I mean that that yeah. that was that was pretty cool. I mean they right. just like the spec that we hunt in Mississippi and Arkansas, except it was really a white fronted goose. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean there wasn't any barbell. They at have all. no markings. Yeah, and no so, markings at all. And th- those those are two unique species, right? The the bean goose and the gray lag. The the main difference between the bean goose and the gray lag is is their bill. Um, you know the bean goose has a little bit of black in, in the bill. Whereas the um, gray lag is an all orange bill. Uh, and then, yeah, the bean goose doesn't have any markings on its chest. Whereas the bean yeah. goose is a little bit of speck, but not like true bar belly like our speckle belly goose would be. And, and the, when the group we were with, the desire to have a bean goose. That, yeah. was, mm-hmm. that was the fun part. Yeah. Ryan and I smoked two that came right over our heads, and there was a race to catch those two birds. <laughs> it was just great. It was good. It was really like good. I, I feel a little guilty that we were the only two that, in our group that were able yeah. to pull that it's off. Just how the, the cards yeah, just, just how the cookie crumbles, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, look, yeah. we'll, we'll get them somewhere else. I yeah, know. It. It, we'll uh, pick them up. It's part of the journey. Yeah, so, so for context, me and Logan – didn't have a chance because Kevin and Ryan just smoked those two. Oh, the yeah. one time Kevin decides to shoot phenomenally. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Stop. it on camera. He and stopped shooting like a girl for yeah, one Yeah, he's volley. like, oh, there's a bingo. It's time to get serious. <laughs> and and they clapped him, and that was awesome. Uh, Me and Logan, what we've run into quite a bit of roadblock here with some of our species that were potential on the list. Um, stuff's frozen up here. Ryan, walk us through. So we, we had the barnacle goose, the gray lag, and the bean goose. Mm-hmm. And you and Kevin marked out all of those. Me right. and Logan are missing the bean goose with, mm-hmm. with hopes to pick them up somewhere else. It's not a huge right. deal. But we didn't get a crack at all at any of the ducks on the list, which... Yeah, so, I mean, obviously there's a lot of mallards here, and we shot a bunch of mallards, which was great. But yeah. uh, the other two main ducks that we were after was the Eurasian widgeon and then the uh, Eurasian teal. And the Eurasian teal looks... Quite a bit like our green wing teal, but there are some subtle differences. Um, but those, unfortunately, yeah, I mean, like they've had some much colder weather here than they typically would have for this time of year. And pretty much all their water was locked up and a lot of birds have moved south way earlier than, than they were accustomed yeah. to. I think they were sweating bullets a little bit. Yeah, you could so. tell they were getting very creative with how oh, yeah. they were yeah. doing things. Especially... We've been losing birds daily since we've been yeah. here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it seemed like yeah. it. Which... uh you know, there's there's potential to pick up all of those species yeah. and, and other places. But uh yeah, I was I was really hoping to get some teal action. I know. But, I, oh, I, know. I know. I was just thinking about that after we started talking about it. I was like, man, that's a good. group of those green wings. That's good. There's oh, a, there's plenty like yeah. for that Eurasian teal, like there's places like um Azerbaijan, Pakistan, um, you know, some pretty other wild places that we're gonna go and get a crack at them. So not not me, low and slow. we may not be able to talk kevin into those (laughs) have enough teal down in texas low and slow is good here (laughs) especially with that gun yeah no but uh, but no i think from you know just full perspective of the trip i think it was great i mean we we were all able to check off some some new species um great experience met some great people um i think the thing that um i'm going to remember the most is learning about how they do speeding tickets here and yeah. hopefully we don't the, have to learn the for... fact that i'm probably totally screwed and might not ever be able to come back yeah, to Sweden yeah, because yeah. i was speeding and didn't realize that the reason you don't see cops around here is because there's oh, those stupid radar things and I, i'm sure Cameras. yeah and they're all undercover i didn't know that uh, yeah. so at some like... point at some point a couple of days ago i had been I, i'm notorious for kind of being the sunday driver and I, I like to take in the sights. I just like to go the speed limit, you know, which thankfully has once worked out in my favor. Um, and because I, I started paying attention to the signs and I looked at the sign and of course it's in kilometers and, you know, I don't. It's in kilometers and everything's in yeah, Swedish. It's, it's I just quit yellow. paying attention to it. It's hard enough to just, to just, just pay attention to their weird, they'll, they'll have diversions where instead of having speed bumps in some of these rural, like you, <laughs> you come into the town and 
you have to swerve and go through this one lane and sometimes there's semis coming through and yeah. it's just it's like it's meant to trap Americans. And <laughs> it 100% is. They got me, man. And, no, and they, Ryan's I a think Swedish fugitive. <laughs> yeah. going to be a Swedish fugitive. But so, yeah, so well, it's technically going to be Kevin the fugitive <laughs> because Kevin it's all on my credit card. <laughs> yeah. I'm in servitude to Kevin now. <laughs> yeah. So we we have no we have no way of knowing until either two days or two weeks or you know that there's hidden radar signs well, and I I decided to mention it halfway through Ryan's Fast and Furious movie we're on the way <laughs> we're on the way to the blind and I'm just clutching camera gear and Logan and me are back there just bobbing around and I was like by the way I did see a weird little camera surveillance sign i don't know what that means but maybe be careful and that made ryan go faster because i was like <laughs> man like back home you see those it's like there's not really a camera yeah oh, and there's no. not probably yeah apparently that's not the case the, here. the one thing that john was talking about this morning he says if you got tickets they're going to be about 500 bucks a piece um but we he also said that you're we probably didn't get a ticket because there's no way you'd miss the flash of the hidden cameras that is never bright, even on a bright day. And it's definitely been dark and cloudy. The here. joys of international travel. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I might be eating bologna for the next year trying to pay <laughs> no, off the credit card. I'm not, you're not holding the bag on that one, dude. We'll, take well care we, of it. we do have bets. I mean, when they give the tickets out to the rental car company, they send the picture <laughs> of true. the driver. So if you're out there and you want to bet on which one of us got the most. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not saying who, but uh, expect about 30 <laughs> pictures of, of Ryan. Who's that creepy guy in the mustache driving around like a Mario Kart? <laughs> this guy. The, the road the road to 100 didn't mean the road to 100 tickets. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the the whole concept behind the road to 100 is go as fast as you can. and uh, You nailed it. I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> the Swedish government thinks so, too. Yeah. Thank you for your participation. Awesome. So we're yeah. going to have to delay this whole project a year until I can pay this off. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well... Um, seriously, guys, this has been a, a, a great trip, and um, I'm glad we could have Kevin here. And I'd like to to get the audience to have the opportunity to get to know Kevin a little bit more because yeah. Kevin and I have known each other for, for a bit, um, and he's got a really cool story. He grew up in a very unique place. It was <laughs> yeah. kind of fun having you know two um, founders of two different companies that I get to work with um, here with us. And, yeah, Kevin, tell us, yeah. tell us your story, buddy. So uh, born in the Bahamas to a missionary – and his wife, and uh, lived there. I think I was actually European when I was born. Oh, wow. Mm. So it maybe was, we can get out of this whole ticket situation. It was, maybe it, I, was, I was English. I mean, at the time, England actually... Uh, oh, that's uh, right. Was, they owned. It was wow. a, yeah. yeah, it was a, 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 I guess, a territory of the, the British right. Empire. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, very quickly, though, I think 72, they got their independence or whatever. Right. But, uh, lived there. Yeah, lived there till I was about six, and then moved moved back to the states uh finally settling pretty much in middle tennessee uh played a little baseball never really got into the hunting industry hunting scene because i was too busy playing ball all the time and uh uh started doing a little more hunting i guess probably in my teen years found out that i didn't like d deer hunting <laughs> i mean i would go out there and it was like church to me. I would just go to sleep. <laughs> uh, you know, you just sit there and you stay warm and you go to sleep. And uh, you guys know I, I can sleep if I drop the hat and I'll drop it. <laughs> I don't know how you sleep through all that snoring, he can, honestly. Yeah. He can fall asleep on his phone just, just right there. It's amazing. But uh, It hits him in the face to wake him up. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we didn't do much. Uh, we didn't do much hunting. And I, I think that the real start to the hunting uh, passion came when we, uh, my wife and I moved to, uh, South Haven, Mississippi for a job. There was a, uh, I, I happily call him and, and lovingly call him, uh, my, my redneck friend from Arkansas. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, one of my buddies, when, when I first got to the job, wanted to see if I wanted to duck hunt. I'd never been duck hunting and he, he, took me out and i i think he tried to see if the city slicker was going to be too scared <laughs> to go but uh uh he took me out and i just i fell in love with it i mean we had a we had a chesapeake bay retriever at the time and uh some some uh 
trainer from Louisiana actually mm. did did about two weeks of training with him, and he's like, Kevin, you need to hunt this dog. I said, Jay, I I I don't have any camo in my in my closet. I mean, the only gun I have is a handgun. It's not happening. He goes, you need to do it. So when we moved to moved to Mississippi, my my buddy at 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 my new job got me out in the water and uh uh kind of got me interested in it and you 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 guys know how you treat the the new guy right so <laughs> you gotta pay those dues son dude they lean me up against locust trees like nobody's business <laughs> about, the, about the third hunt i came in and they leaned i knew they were going to do it they leaned me up to a tree and i pulled out that camp saw and just started just sawing away a little spot where i could lean in and they they finally they finally were laughing they said we were wondering when you were going to bring that saw <laughs> but uh it's funny uh it it it's been a lot of fun it's been a lot of fun we we started there I, I keep telling people we rescued that chesapeake and uh that dog has cost me more money and time than any any woman ha- ever has <laughs> and uh uh we we did a lot of work with uh with uh, charitable groups uh ducks unlimited delta waterfowl uh and got more got more uh chesapeake bay retrievers kept spending money on on uh leases and you know hunting different places all the experiences that you could have in in uh arkansas and the mississippi delta uh it's a whole lot of fun a whole lot of fun fully addicted i yeah hooked hooked <laughs> i tell you what and that and that that was the one thing that was really cool it, there wasn't any excitement to me in deer hunting but getting in a boat at night going through trees seeing mallards jump up it 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 got your adrenaline pumping right i mean and then then you throw in the then you throw in the eye hand coordination which i mean it didn't show up this week but i promise you <laughs> <laughs> uh uh it 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 really it really caught me and uh that i told him i said i i've enjoyed i've enjoyed the experience of just being surprised every time sure. i go out there and not knowing what i'm going to get into i love it i was going to ask about rw coolidge and you know one the story of how you two met each other and i wanted everybody to hear that <laughs> and then be nice you know, what you guys are doing with rw coolidge and and kind of what's the vision overall for yeah so so when I was, I, I was a volunteer for, and, and still do some work, but was a volunteer for Ducks Unlimited, ran the chapter in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Uh, Ryan had come to work there for a, uh, an outfitter, or not an outfitter, but a, a, uh, an outdoor company there. And, uh, uh, you know, every good volunteer has to go beg. So <laughs> I was out begging. <laughs> and uh, uh, I do now know that. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's it's something else so we we ended up uh meeting uh just sat down in the office one day and started talking and uh had a lot of things in common probably had more in common with ryan than i did the owners of the company but had had a lot in common with ryan and uh stayed friends and stayed connected through the through the years through that chapter and not just hey give me money ryan (laughs) but uh it went beyond that it it went way beyond that and that that's you know it's amazing you you have a guy from texas got a guy from tennessee show up in nowhereville mississippi and in olive branch and and it was small at the time i mean there was like ten thousand people eight thousand people there right it's fifty thousand sixty thousand now it's it's insane but it it you can start a conversation in two seconds and and not see each other for two years and right. have this had pick up the same conversation so uh, kind of funny i know uh ryan had moved to bozeman and uh uh i had sent him had sent him some samples of what we what we came up with a buddy of mine and i set out in a, a blind and and uh he's a little older than me a guy named ray and he talked about his father always taking him hunting and stuff and uh uh, he always talked about the leather straps and all of that. He goes, we didn't take a lot of pictures with him, but I always remember having to be the boy that toted the leather strap out. And I, I didn't have that experience because I, I didn't start hunting until I was in my 30s. And uh, uh, so I, I looked at him and I said, well, Ray, I, 
I owned a shoe company for five years. I, I know a little bit about leather. I'm, we, we might be able to do something. So we started designing something and putting it together, and the first prototypes came out, and we went out and tested them, and they were absolutely hideous. I mean, they were, <laughs> they were terrible. I mean, they, they, they looked like string uh, spaghetti dried up and different different measures and uh, different lengths and everything. And, but we tested them for a year, and, and, and neither one of us, Neither one of us had that, quote, product testing or wanted to get in the business. I, I ran large distribution centers for years. Uh, so it wasn't, it wasn't where I made my money. Uh, but it was a passion, and it kept me tied to, it kept me tied to the sport. And uh, finally got it right. Sent those, sent those uh, the right samples, the good samples, to Ryan because I, I, he was out there and I knew. Never returned my call. Oh, never. <laughs> so busy. No, but it, it it was it was uh it was a while, and uh, uh, we so we just started making we started making leather leather game straps, and uh, I think that started in 2018, 2019, uh, and and have done real well selling our straps, and so I called him again in 2022, and I said, hey, we're we're doing some other stuff. And I sent a whole pack of stuff out there and that got my attention. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then out of the blue, he's like, Hey, you, you, you're making some pretty good quality stuff here. And I was like, well, yeah, we're not going to make anything that's like you sell at Walmart. I mean, it's, it's going to be good or we're not going to do it. I said, uh, my wife works at William Sonoma. She doesn't, she doesn't let me get anything cheap. So we're going to have some good quality stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so he's like, well, yeah, let's, what, what, what do you want to do? I went, well, the same thing I wanted to do four years ago, <laughs> you know? I Couldn't do I, it then. Yeah, I was do like, whatever I, I want I, now. I've been after you since 2018. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, in, in, in getting to that, I flew out to Bozeman, and uh, <laughs> it was kind of funny. I think he kind of tried to brush me off a couple times because, you know. Tuesday, when we were in Bozeman? Oh, yeah, no. t- Tuesday afternoon Shoot. he goes, hey, uh, you know, I've got I've got some stuff tonight i've got i'm busy wednesday really how long how long are you here and i was like uh, until i get a yes i I don't have anything on my plate i leave saturday how's that he goes why are you what are you going to do here i I said i only had one mission that was it one mission so uh uh it's that that part of it's been good we we uh we have another company that we run and 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 we do a we do a fantastic job with that but it always comes back to doing something with the sport. Yeah. That's that's your passion. And and that's that's where Ryan and I have always stayed connected. Yeah. Uh and that's why that's why we're getting started. Uh we wanna we wanna put some uh some really good product out. We we talk to talk about our tagline being timeless, functional and quality stuff. Uh we wanna keep that nostalgia there we want to use a lot of some of some of those older older looks older fabrics maybe tweak them a little bit you know make 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 some (laughs) of the technological advances that we can do now that they couldn't do then sure uh but that's where we're going and uh we're gonna get there we're gonna get there really quick we've i mean what what was i showing you on the financials a couple months ago we had doubled and doubled and doubled in the last four years yeah it's it's I don't know how to drive. I know how to drive the train, but I don't know how to drive that train, and uh, <laughs> that's that's where I definitely need some help. So no, you might as well go get go get some of the best in the business when you do that. I appreciate right. that. Um, it's been a fun ride. I mean, it's been awesome to to see you grow this business, and I mean, I think uh, I've it's been it's been interesting in my career. The people I've been able to work with and meet along the way, and um, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And Kevin's. Kevin's one of the goods. Uh, it, it's hard to find founders of companies um, that can can be humble and and continue to to be able to innovate. Uh, I'm at different phases and and do everything that that Kevin's kind of envisioning. And I always feel honored to be able to to be a part of those opportunities. So we just want to we just want to make sure people have an enjoyable experience, right? And getting back and talking to your kids later in life about you know how you started and and things like that and and be a, being able at, at our first sure. our first uh, product was being able to take that strap that you used 10 years ago 15 right. years ago and say here you it's yours right 
that's all that's all we want to do that's all we want to be able to do is to to tie those memories mm -hmm. back to the sport Absolutely. <clears throat> it keeps people involved in the sport and uh keeps keeps things moving yeah yeah i mean when when y'all came to me with the idea of doing this road to 100 and and kind of you know i'm a i'm a presenter so i like things to be presented to me in terms of like that's just how i communicate and and i never really thought about it like that you just said is something that you can pass down the storytelling of like yeah. and, and i was telling y'all earlier that this trip to me has just been so real the whole time and it's, it, it, it i don't even know if it's hit me yet you know i've <laughs> been here for four days right yeah. um and and so the opportunity to come here and, and start to check these species off and you know you being so far down the list already and kind of the journey of the whole thing yep um and honestly being with you too as as kind of entrepreneurs and, and you know you're you're what you're doing with, with peaks and your experience in the marketing industry, I mean, being able to learn from that because, you know, I am young and, and I don't get a lot of, um, you know, learnings from some people, some people that have been in the industry for a while. Right. Um, and so that's a, a really important part about being here is yeah, like getting think, to learn from everybody. I think it's what makes it super cool. Like, cause we, we've all had such diverse, um, you know, careers and experiences. I mean, we're all here because we love to hunt waterfowl and we're telling these cool stories and building content because Kaim's absolutely amazing at what he does. Um, absolutely amazing. And so, um, but it's interesting. Like when you start looking at our perspectives, you know, like, you know, we, you, we've got the younger guy, kind of the middle guy. Oh, let me tell you, this guy's like, you, got, you know, you know <laughs> Kevin's Kev a little older than me. <laughs> and we all have these different backgrounds, you know. The, the, the funniest part, the first thing Logan says is, go, yeah, you're, you're about to age my dad. <laughs> like, but well, here's what's well, awesome. Yeah. So, you know, like you got you got Logan, who yep. has started this really cool company called Mallard Bay, as you all know. Um, and and everything he's doing at this age, like good grief, dude, you're like way further ahead of where most people are at, at this stage. And then you've got somebody like Kevin, who's also an entrepreneur, who's running multiple businesses as well and has a yep. very unique career background. Um, I don't know. It's inspiring just to be able to, to, to learn from y'all's experiences for me. Like I, I, uh, I always look at everything like that I've been able to do in my career. And it's because I get to be around people like you guys and, and learn from, you know, your learnings. And that's been, it's been a lot of fun just having business conversation amongst a <laughs> wild adventure. I, I tell you, and, and, but you look, you look around these two couches right now and the, the driving force, even for me and my other businesses, I want to hunt. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why it. I started. I want, I want to be able to clear my plate so I can hunt. Right. And exactly. That, that sounds terrible because I was a huge baseball guy. I, I would have traveled. <laughs> you know, at one point my goal was to hit every every baseball stadium in America. And then they sure. started rebuilding them and putting new ones right. on and all of that stuff. So I, my road to 32 or road to 30 became a road to 32. And, <laughs> it, it, and then, then it stopped. Yeah. And uh, this, this really took its place. So, uh, yeah, it's, cool. it's, it's, uh, it's, it's what drives me every day. Yeah. Well, let me ask you guys this, because um, I think it would be interesting. So, Kevin, like, you've had some pretty diverse experience um, throughout your career. What are some of the most important learnings that you would share maybe with, with anyone who's listening as far as business success? We've talked a lot about hunting and this amazing experience in Sweden, but, you know, it's a privilege to have somebody like you here. Yeah. So what would be something you could share with us on business success and, and some of the key factors that play into that? If you're the smartest guy in the room, find another room. Yeah, I like that. Pretty easy. That and 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 understand the customer service side of that. You want to make sure. I'll tell you a good story. Yeah. I, I We've sold from 2018 to 2021, we sold about 6,500 straps. Yeah. This year, this year we're way outpacing that. I got a call uh, two weeks ago. A, a guy had broken his strap, and I'm not kidding. First strap we'd ever had returned. Right. I freaked out. I had, I had never no dealt idea. with it. I had no, <laughs> I had no idea what to do. <laughs> and uh, so I, I see the I see the picture on Snapchat. You know, the new generation. I, I can call you right. that, right? Yeah. Since I'm so old. Mm -hmm. uh, Gen Z of Gen Z <laughs> over here. Right. The uh, the new generation likes to likes to throw things everything up in public, and 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 I get it. It's good. You know we. We understand it, but the the picture came out on Snapchat at nine o'clock. By twelve fifteen, 
I had the guy a new strap, even brought some T-shirts because I felt so bad. And I looked at him and I said, hey, you know, I, I, I really don't know how to act in this because we've never had to do this before. But we don't want this to happen again. And when we talk about customer service and we talk about that through RW Coolidge, we look at our competitors, we look at the at the at the uh, the landscape of of customer service, and we see a lot of people. Well, this, so this messed up, and they were so great to get us this back and first, you know, as fast as we can. And the forum boards on all these companies are filled with those kind of conversations, right? I'm talking to Ryan and our our vision. I don't want people putting that stuff on public. Yeah. Anyway, right. I I mm-hmm. want that I want that first experience with RW Coolidge to be the one that they never have to call us back and say, "Hey, this broke. We need a we need a replacement." Obviously, if it breaks, we'll fix it. But I want to be able to to give those those experiences to them that they know that when they get some of our product, they don't have to worry about something breaking or something not functioning like it like it should. And that's why we spend a lot of time testing our product. We spend a lot of time in the field with it. This has been great here. We, I literally looked down today, and the, the leather strap was thrown on the ice inside the marsh. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, the Friday before we left, it was raining in Mississippi, and that same strap was covered with about an inch and a half of Mississippi mud <laughs> and and still going strong. That's the kind of – that's the kind of uh, – experience you want to have you want to be able to take that hose it off and keep going right and and that way you don't know you don't know yeah. that there's a, a a problem uh i think that's critical because i mean in every company consumer product company i've been able to work for uh, whether it be full-time or as a consultant like that consumer experience is critical and if your product or service doesn't do what you say it's going to do you're dead in the water right and so i think having that be a focal point of whatever you're doing or or it, even if you're early in your career supporting that um, depending on where you're working at, is is mission yeah. critical? Yeah, I mean, it, we're 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 talking we're talking smaller products. We're not talking huge amounts of money. I'm not making I'm not making waiters at a thousand dollars a pop. I mean, that's <laughs> that's that's not the case. But there's there's still there's still a belief that people people work hard enough for your product to pay for your product right. that you need you need to recognize that. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's. That's been the bigger part of what we want to do. We want to be able to give them that experience that that they don't have to worry about this. And then on the side note, taking pictures with those straps, God, they're. I mean, it, <laughs> <laughs> I, we, we we've talked all week about we've talked all week about birds and mounting birds and all of that stuff. And every time somebody goes, "Well, did you want your?" Oh, no, I'm good. Or what do you mean? I was, just give me a picture. Yeah, let me have a picture. I'll put it up on there. Let's make sure the straps in the picture, but you know, let, I'll take the picture with it. And and that's that's been a blast for me. It makes those experiences tight. Right. And then every time you look at the strap, you there, can go there back. You go. Right. There you go. Look yeah. at your hunt. Well, I think speaking from the younger generation here, <laughs> piping mm-hmm. up, not only is customer service something that's lacking in a lot of these modern right. you know, companies, as as I've seen. Um, but the, the quality and the timelessness of something that's waxed canvas or real leather made in America, I yep. think these are things that younger people are circling back to because it's something that doesn't fail. And believe it or not, young people do care about heritage. A lot of us do, especially in the hunting game. Sure. And so yep. when we see those pictures, like you were talking about, you know, the boy that brings the strap out, like that stuff that even if it's been lost is reawakening a little bit because we're, we're starting to, with the internet, you know, we're starting to see these older traditions and even, even people like people that have just found hunting, you right. know, want to, want to pay homage to that, right. you know, that tradition, especially, I think all of us here are proud Southerners, right? Uh, yeah. With the yeah. exception of the move in bohemian. I, I'm southern way man. Southern. I'm yeah. more well, Southern. You and I migrated North, <laughs> we, we but I'm Southern at heart. So. Yeah. Yeah. All being, actually we're all three Texas boys. Yes, that's originally. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I think we all have some proud heritage and, and that's that's what I've found like looking at RW Coolidge, you know, if you were to just switch those photos black and white. Exactly. Oh yeah. It's right. you step know, it's back timeless. in time. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, exactly. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate that as a as a consumer and then someone who believes in quality of gear doing this all the time. 
exactly. It's huge. Yeah. Well, that kind of brings up something I'd like you to talk about is just the quality of content and like how important it is right. to you that you make sure that the quality of not only this series, but all of the content that you put out there and the amount of time that goes into it and like kind of what is your perspective on capturing that? And like, yeah. how do you like to tell that story? Right. Yeah. Well, I think you guys have already kind of touched on it. It's the, it's the experience, right? Like I have to convey, like we're all sitting here and we're super happy about this experience. We all have our takeaways. Mm -hmm. My job is to read that off of you guys and blend that with my own experience. And then somehow, some way through the <laughs> magic of cinema and editing, make our viewers feel that. And that's what I'm hoping that people get right. out of this episode is a bunch of southern boys somehow in sweden <laughs> doing the same thing we've been doing since we were kids um and and that's just like that's that's crazy to think about and one big thing that we've been talking about as we're we're planning this this huge series is making it relatable right um and and like we've kind of touched on um it's it's the same as it is back home, but it's way different. It's the same but and different, man. Yeah, it's the same but different. And so it's just it's just important. We're we're basically trying to trace down our roots in other places and see yeah. the similarities, and and that's what we're really trying to show. And I think that everyone progresses in anything. If you get to a certain point, there's always that desire to seek and do more. Right. And um, I think Ryan more so than most of us has has got to that point a long time ago. Me and Logan are just starting our journeys and, and Kevin's been, you know, hunting for a while now too. It's just it's just great to get to that point to where you look up and you think, you know, there's 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 a bigger world and, and I I think that that's a everyone gets to that point and I, a lot of a lot of my friends from back home, you know, it's it's really heartwarming for me to see a lot of the people from my tiny little hometown, <laughs> see what I'm doing and then ask questions. And I know that you get this a lot yeah. too, but, but it's never a problem when people ask questions about how can I do this? And it's awesome to be able to help them. Right. And that's, what's awesome about Mallard Bay too, is the ability yeah. to book and see and do things. It makes it that much more attainable. Right. People yeah. Realize. It, when yeah. it's, when, when you don't have to do the backdoor work of, well, what do I do when I have to go to another state? Yeah. Like, you know, how do I do that? Who I do I go with? Yeah, and that's the that's the whole yeah. point of this is to make it believable and possible to do all these things. Get all the, anyone can do this exactly. You know, it's it's more obtainable than people realize. Yeah, like I just remember growing up in Northeast Texas, like just thinking, man, I'll probably never hunt outside of our family dairy farm. You yeah. know, like mm -hmm. this is. I'm going to hunt ducks back here on our old family homestead that my great, great, great grandfather settled and yeah. hunt deer over on my other family's property. And that's going to be it. But it would be cool one day to maybe, and dude, like I never, like I, I feel like I'm still in a dream, but like anybody can do this. Yep. Right. Anybody can do it. And I think, you know, with companies like Logan's making it that much more easy to go and, and do it. And then great products coming from companies like, kevin's and then people getting to live vicariously and learn about it through your content it's like guys it's it's right here at our fingertips like yeah you can do this stuff it's right like, yeah just it, go honestly i think something just clicked for me that's kind of come full circle about this experience and i think i mentioned it to you guys so i started hunting when i was five years old in west texas yeah and here they hunt sometimes the same way you did you would dig a shallow grave yeah. and i know that the fields yeah. here were frozen right now so you couldn't do that yeah so yeah. we couldn't do that but how interesting is it that we were killing you know big honkers in sweden yesterday yeah. in layouts in the field and i grew up in right. in west texas doing the same thing and that that love and the passion for going hunting with my dad and then you know not having a place to go and call our own right. when we were um you know coming up in 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 texas and then now that we're able to do this right. and, and kind of you know live this lifestyle is, is really just I'm just grateful to be able to do this and, cool, yeah. and kind of do it with guys like y'all. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, yeah, so part of the reason why I started Mallard Bay was a poor experience with an outfitter. And I want to make sure that um, everyone has the the equal opportunity to access an outfitter. You don't just have to know somebody. You, you don't have to get on someone's books, you know, years in advance um, and pay like, you know, 
exorbitant amount of money just to be able to enjoy something is it mm-hmm. can be attainable for everybody sure Absolutely. well that i'm yeah. and and that gets back even to this experience here you know you can't control we, we talked about everything freezing mm-hmm. over you can't control the weather but you can control the customer experience when you have right. them in front of you yeah. and and to that point that that part's been really good that, yeah mm-hmm. you know and, and again the the good thing about these two generations sitting on this side is <laughs> At different points during this event, guess what we were doing? We were selling. <laughs> we wanted we wanted to get more we wanted to get more outfitters from mm-hmm. Mallard Bay to come up. So so this is a this is a, a test run, uh, and then we go to a, a sporting goods store here where all yeah, the hunters all that. the hunters in our group are, that was are, cool. We yeah, that was all cool. the hunters in our group are buying anything, and I'm running out grabbing a strap, <laughs> telling this guy he needs to buy sixty of these today. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin so, was in full sell mode. Oh, it was man. amazing. It was like, and, and, and I think we're actually going to be the first uh, American strap company to uh, Sweden. Yeah. That's yeah. what we're looking That's at. That's pretty so. cool. Yeah, because you go and look on the shelves and there's just these oh, two little garbage. dinky straps. And you're yeah, like, no offense you're like to those oh, my guys, God, this yeah. product belongs on this shelf. It's a store yeah. that has all this, like, quality oh, gear. Yeah, right? yeah. 100%. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. That was so funny. I, I, I just, just looking at that, I was like, guys. <laughs> We, we need to be selling these people. Exactly. We need to be se- Yeah. But I like this hat, Kevin. Let's, I, I need this. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think I was the only one that walked out that I, I You're didn't. You're the only one that didn't buy something. I didn't buy something. Yeah. I felt yeah. kind of guilty, but. That's okay. That's okay. Somebody had to be responsible and actually try <laughs> somebody's to gotta, make some money on the trip. <laughs> somebody's got to somebody's got to pay for the speeding tickets. Yes. Yes. That's how we're going to do it. That guy's going to buy straps. Gosh, dang it. Well, that's, oh. a, that's a perfect segue. Yeah to uh kind of say if you want to see this experience live and in color <laughs> you you can go see the magic of Kaim at work that's right I, and, I, and I hope that you know i haven't even gone into editing mode yet and ryan yeah. knows this more than anybody i get super like stressed out because as a as a creator you want to convey yeah. this emotion that we're having and i hope right. that we can do that we will um and uh i hope that you guys can go and enjoy and kind of live that experience and start planning your own experiences yep. um and if you want to go watch that, it'll be in the link below in this podcast. Yeah. Thank you guys for Check it out. joining in. Check it out. Go check out RW Coolidge for some awesome uh, sporting goods products that uh, you know will will help you on your hunt and give you a more nostalgic experience in the woods. And match, definitely match these old beers in that nice little stash. Yeah, exactly. That's, right. it. That's, That's right. it. That's it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then definitely check out Mallard Bay. I mean, um, there's going to be a lot of great hunts that are going to be available going on, on there. Your next, whatever yes. your checklist is, that's <laughs> whatever the, it is. Like, it's, yeah. it's not an ego thing; it's an experience thing. And yeah, go go Seek have a that journey. Experience. Yeah, it's, it's, that's it. Absolutely. Yep. Mallardbay.com. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Kevin, thanks for joining hey, us. And guys, thanks for traveling the over here. I extremely been so much it. fun. So yeah. much fun to be with you guys. Very cool. All right. Well, until the next one. Until the next one. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>